Welcome, Highfalutin Ski Bone Podcast, episode number 159. It is your pals, Mario and Ryan. Mario, what is up? 159? We've been podcasting for like 10 years. Like, how did that happen? I feel like we are the official ski podcast pioneers. We are the Christopher Columbi. We are the... We are the Copernici. We are all kinds of plural, ancient finders of original things. Copernicus. Copernicus. Who's your favorite, like, old history guy? It's Copernicus. I remember George Costanza was what, DeSoto? <laughs> DeSoto. Right? That was well, his favorite. Well, define old. Are we talking, like, pre, like, like BCE? Are we talking? Let's say New World Discovery guy from that back. So you that, go Socrates. We're we talking Plato, Americo whatever. Vespucci. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm a Vespucci guy. What Vespucci can I say? Guy. Damn, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he seemed like a good dude. He's Everybody's right. like, he seemed like good dudes. Like, yeah, you realize they gave smallpox to like fucking like half the Mexican population. It's horrible. Yeah. Well, let's like, be, let's be perfectly honest here. <laughs> if you look down all of our family trees, there's a lot of rape going on just a few generations back. Oh, there was a buddy of mine that was like tracing his family tree. He was doing one of these, um, whatever. Ancestry.com or whatever. Ancestry some, And it got to like where your grandmother, your great-great-grandmother on the so-and-so side was like, she managed a hotel for women. Like, okay. So what, and after so a little bit of digging. Madam. <laughs> yeah, after a little digging, it was like, oh, she was a whore and a madam. It's like, hotel right, for women. <laughs> maybe you want to just fucking close the book on looking into your, your past because that's in everybody's background, I can just imagine. Shut it down. <laughs> shut it down. Shut it down. I love how people are like, oh, I'm related to George Washington. I'm like, okay. Yeah. I, <laughs> I was related to George Washington's mistress. Like, I don't know. What, like, you're going to come across something. Yeah, there's a lot of things being unearthed. And you know what? The old saying goes, let sleeping dogs lie. And everybody's doing this 23andMe. And I'm like, okay, it's great. So they have your DNA and DNA is everywhere. And they're tracking your DNA. I'm like, how do they know that DNA is from that region? Like, I, I don't know. You're still going on a stretch. Yeah. They said also the earth was going to blow up in 1980. 2012, he- that was the Mayans, right? He- Heaven's Gate. Then you had the Mayans. Then you had, uh, even with science, like global warming is going to happen in 20 years. And, oh, we made a mistake when we were calculating. It's supposed to be 200 years. Yeah, we didn't carry the two. Oops. <laughs> like, really? And you guys are scientists? Yeah. No. You know what? It's like when you're a kid. When you're a kid, you think adults have all the answers and know what they're doing. And then you become a, an adult and you're like, wow, no one has a fucking clue what's going on. And <laughs> somehow my cell phone works. That's the only thing I do know. Now we're calling out fake news, but like, I don't know how news was not called out fake before because like it was a lot of made up bullshit. Well, dude, if you think about the news being fake, think about history. How much of that oh, yeah. is made up? Religion, yeah. all that stuff. You know, that's Hemp. the stuff that. Marijuana. As Fake. someone who may have just ingested something, I'm starting to <laughs> starting to it's open all... my mind to a few things right about now. See, now think Allegedly. about it this way. If you were pre pre-organized like government, that would have been totally acceptable. Dude, if after you, pre-organized government, now it's like demonized. If, What's up you, with that? if you haven't listened to the Joe Rogan podcast from this week with um Graham Hancock, who is a um 
He's an author. He's a scientist. He had a magnificent rant about cannabis because he's British. And he was talking about how what America is doing is so great. I actually took a screenshot of when the rant started. It's one hour <laughs> and eight minutes into the podcast. And it's like five minutes long. And it's fantastic. Just talking about freedom and how governments should be smaller and should have no power to control the substances we put in our body. And how come, again, we talked about it a million times. How come the pharmaceuticals, that's a completely legal way of doing things. Alcohol is totally fine, but this naturally growing plant is illegal and you know must be stopped at all costs and people don't in jail for it. We talked Dude, about it for an hour last week. It was the oh, whole yeah. main topic. So, you know, I, I vaguely remember that too. Yeah, pretty uh, we went there. We <laughs> certainly went there last week. Dude, what is England doing now? They can't even get out of Brexit. <laughs> they can't. Again, these are, <laughs> look at these that. are look adults. Look at that decision. Somebody had to be smoking weed to get into that Brexit in the first place. All these people, they're adults and they don't know what the hell they're doing. And somehow we look at these people in government as this valuable, these valuable people in society. And really, they're totally worthless they're just taking our money via taxes they're absorbing resources they're controlling how we can live our lives it's nonsense they're a bunch of idiots yeah. idiots so to get into the eu they're trying to get out now and it's like they're trying to get out of something how did they get into it how did they get in the eu and like why you know it sounded like a great idea i guess I a snake know. oil salesman politician is like hey why don't we all just join up and have this fantastic currency the euro together we'll be great we'll be like america but in europe uh, more civilized up. we'll be a more civilized america all together it's uh, horrible eh. as long as switzerland kind of remains neutral and we can go skiing there that's really all that matters that's all i care about they're like we got our we don't want your euro nonsense we got our swiss franc we got our nazi gold we got our chocolate and our mountains <laughs> nazi gold and back chocolate. off back <laughs> off <laughs> nazi gold chocolate and skiing dude the world is a fucked up place it is pretty fucked up but you know Actually, what you, yeah yeah like but you've got this podcast and you got your pals you got skiing <laughs> and snowboarding you know what else do you really need focus on that all right, so that was a good intro to today. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so thank you. We're starting so off much. early. We're starting yes. early. Yes, thank Damn, you so much up. for listening. You can check us out, skibumpodcast.com. Uh, we have a wonderful shop there at skibumpodcast.com slash shop. We're going to have a little bit of a uh, a postseason sale going on. So oh, if you want a couple couple bucks off and get Blue some light special. past season swag, you um, want to keep your eyes out for that. We'll also post it on the socials when the sale goes live. Check us out on the socials, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all slash Ski Bum Podcast. We're, uh, we're starting to, to get a little bit smarter about how we're social mediaizing. And we're going to do really some... Smart, oh, no, we are smart. We're just... Smarter. We're just... We're just slackers. That's the problem. That's the only reason why we're still in pre-greatness is because we're a little bit of a Man, distracted slackers. But we're uh, we got some fun Game of Thrones related images we're gonna be posting on on those socials in the next few weeks for the uh, the last four episodes. Do you know what I love about Game of Thrones? Now that you mentioned, like nobody's died yet. It's oh, like, it's gonna be a bloodbath starting this week. But they should have had somebody die, like falling down some stairs or something. No, you know what? They've been getting us all sentimental and like super like just invested in these characters these last two episodes. That's right. And, and a it's gonna be just But I know weird. people that did a uh, a debt pull for uh Game of Thrones. I'm like, you motherfuckers lost like the, like there's nobody dying on the first two episodes. It's great. Yeah. 
And that's not a spoiler. We're not spoiling anything for anyone. Everybody's alive. Uh, the show doesn't even really exist. These are and like I, I, I was talking to Andrew watching, and she's like, "I don't know if I can watch this next episode." I'm like, "Remember, at the end of the day, it's a fake story about fake people. Just settle down." You didn't have to put like the settle Clockwork down. Orange like fucking eyelid openers to make a watch of that. Not Beethoven's Fifth. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're gonna watch this shit, girl. You're gonna watch it. You're gonna like it. That's right. Yes, you gotta also, know what happens. We are also on Spotify and SoundCloud and Pinterest, and YouTube. We're just all over the place. So just go to skibumpodcast.com. We got links to everything there. I'm actually starting to think about some of our uh, our summer upgrades for the site. You know, last year we had the big the big upgrade and uh, we got to do some tweaking this year. We got, we're not going to, you know, change the whole thing out. We're going to tweak the dials. A little tweaking, moving the knobs. We're going to tweak the peak. That's we're going to tweak, tweak the peak. Tweak the peak. Because uh, I love our site and our branding and our logo but we got to do a little tweaking a little tweaking for you guys working out for that free intern if you're listening and you're out there and you're the free intern and this is this is a, a, a song to you that's luring you in the siren song like you got to come in we won't pay you anything we might give you some beers but it'll be a lot of fun just saying yes for sure keep <laughs> on podcast at gmail.com for that and also sticker requests if you want some free stickers Podcast at gmail.com or hit us up on Instagram in our direct messages. Oh, so much stuff to go over. That's a, that's and, a lot. And hey, if you want to support us with some cryptocurrency, skibumpodcast.com slash support. We got our cryptocurrency links there, some Ethereum. Get your crypto on. I like it. Sure. Or you know what? You're probably better just saving it for now because it's going to be worth a fortune in a couple of years, but well, we will give you the option it. of hooking us up. You can give it now when it's at the low. That's fine. We'll accept gifts. That's fine. That's true. You're doing We're not us a favor. You're supporting your pals. And in turn, we can do better work and have more products and more fun stuff. And more free you. interns. And more free interns. <laughs> All right. So with that, let's kick it off. I need a drink after that. We were already kicked it off, but we're going to re-kick it off. Let's, let's re-kick it off. It's time for Opre today. Mario, what do you got? All right, so I'm going with a local um, Tampa Brewing. We got Cigar City Brewing Company, which I love. Ah, they nice. Make... You've had a few from them in the past, right? Yeah, I love I love the highlight. It's one of those. I actually went to a place today, and they ran out of highlight. I'm like, what? Like there was almost bedlam, and there was like four people that came in behind me, all asked for highlight. I'm like, yeah, you you might want to have that on hand. But anyway, I got their <laughs> Invasion Tropical Pale Ale. Um, it's good. Pale ale, nice. It's a pale, so it's in the flavor zone of an IPA, but not as hoppy. And it's still got the tropical notes, uh, mango and tan- tangerine that are only impaired, imparted by mosaic hops. So, um, yeah, it's a it's a nice, nice drinking it. Uh, pale ale, I gotta say. And I like the can. It's kind of like a map, it's like a little. Oh, look at that. Like a little pirate map. So. What's the ABV on that one? Uh, this is only... It's for 5%. So. Oh, nice. Yeah, you know, when the highlight... I was talking to somebody about this recently. It's so delicious and you want to drink it. But then you realize, like, holy shit, it's like 7% alcohol. Like, Weren't you at a place <laughs> where they were serving like 24-ounce ones? It was like, yeah. They were like, oh, it's a special. Like, do you want the big one or the small one? I'm like, I'll have the big one. 
<laughs> it's a bad. It's a. It is a great idea, but a bad idea. It's just like time. a stein of highlight. Yeah, it's like, hey, let me. Uh, would you like a whole uh, pint of of vodka? It's it's kind of the same thing. Like, why? Well, yes, I would. You know, make sure you call my Uber in ten minutes. Yes, and then after you get home, you're like, what? Why did I drink that? But yeah, it's delicious. Hit your lips. Once it hits your lips, you know. <laughs> That's what it is. They got to yeah. find a way to make highlight and filter out. Like, and I think they almost did it with this invasion. It's like, it's in the flavor profile of a highlight, but not as, not as brutal on you. Just saying. Very cool. How about you, Bri? So last year, some of you may remember, I did a newly created ceremony called April No Boozy. Leads Ooh. to May Margs and Fulkuzis. Uh, this year, unfortunately, because of circumstances like the Bear Mogul, Bear Mountain Mogul Challenge, and visitors from out of international, it was logistically visitors, impossible, right? It was logistically impossible to not drink the first couple weeks of April. I wanted to do it, couldn't do it. So what I decided to do is to make my own little minor little reprieve. So instead of doing the full month, I uh, I started Monday, and I'm going to go for at least three weeks. That's my goal. I'm hoping to go till May 18th because I have an event set up for the 18th. But we'll see. Again, it's I think, all. I think I should join you. I think we should, we should do this together. What do you think? Hey, I'm, if you want to, it's a smart move. It's just you got to refresh the system every once in a while. I think I'm going to jump on board with that. Let's see how we do things in a more sober fashion. They might be better. Probably not. Probably not, but. Well, we could try it. I also know? indicated that perhaps, maybe, allegedly, I took some other sort of other supplement. Supplement, a supplement. Yes, it's a supplement before the podcast. Is it a performance enhancing supplement? It depends what I'm performing. <laughs> <laughs> but so I've decided to go with, as I've done in the past, I'm having a GT's kombucha, which I love. And I guess technically, if you want to. Be technical. This would, hairs, right? If you want to split them, this could be alcohol because this says it's 3% alcohol by volume, but it's still kombucha. So I'm not considering it. It's, it's, it's getting the, the cut. It's, I am the, the judge. I am the jury. I'm the executioner of my little April no boozy thing. So I, I'm I granting this full access. Full access. That's right. Full access. You, so what, it only gets to a problem if you're like you're drinking cough syrup just for getting the alcohol from it. Well, then it gets bad. I, I'm trying to figure out how many of these you would actually have to have to get hammered. It's like drinking beer in Utah. You know, oh, like, yeah, can you actually to, get drunk off the three percent beers in Utah? You have to probably get like a case of those. And just gallons, just oh. gallons. You and with the probiotics in there, you'd probably be shitting your brains out. I'd be so healthy that my liver would be like, <laughs> like, bro, this is good but bad, but mostly good. Like a colon cleanse. It's like a cleanse. You would just flush it. That might be the ultimate cleanse. Yeah. You just drink a ton of those things. Yeah, this is pretty good stuff. So the one I have is called Pina Paradise or Pina Paradise. Yeah. And this is some of the newer stuff that GTs has come out with. They have these these three different ones. And I think I may have mentioned one in the past, the heavenly hops that they had. But this one's the Pina Paradise. And I got to tell you, this is freaking delicious. It's made with I'm looking at the ingredients here. Fresh pressed pineapple juice, fresh pressed turmeric juice, habanero pepper, cinnamon, and then all the regular kombucha that they use. You know, the culture, the black tea, the green tea, the sugar. Sounds good. 
it is really, really tasty. And you know, I showed Mario on the video. It it pours like a beer. I mean, it's really nice and dark. It looks almost like a looks like a hazy IPA, IPA or something. Yeah, yeah, very hazy. But super drinkable, like very smooth. It's not as as gnarly as some of the other GTs, like the ones like the one that I've had in the past, the Euphoria, which has like the cayenne pepper and the uh, the ginger. This is just really tasty. Like you could just drink this and and enjoy it as a, a regular beverage. Very nice. Now, if you did want to get, you know, make it a party, I guess you could throw some tequila in here, maybe some vodka. Boom. Now you're talking. Right? If you, yeah. that was your thing. If you had to kick it up, you know. Mm-hmm. We still get the probiotics. Yeah. That's a benefit. I really like it. It's good stuff. Good job, GTs. Good job. I like GTs. All right, we so got some. Uh, the, let me grab this first story because you know it's right in line with what we're talking about. Exactly, this is it. New York City's sober bar scene is a hip oasis for booze-free fun. So, New York, which tends to ruin pretty much everything, has decided <laughs> that sober nightlife is going to be a thing now. All right, you know, it's got it's like, got legs. Is this like like ironic ironic bars? Like there's a, it's a bar with no alcohol. Yes. It's going to be like, I think that's what it is. We have officially, we're post irony at this point. Like it's <laughs> gotten to the point of complete ridiculousness. <laughs> so this place, uh, what's this dumb place called? Yeah, of course it's in Williamsburg. What a, sh- what a complete shocker. What, what a shocker. Yeah. Hipster bar. Is that the one, uh, listen bar? <laughs> that was, um, yeah, it's a place. Uh, is it called Getaway? This place. Oh liquor, yeah, Getaway. Liquor is a toxin, not a social lubricant. Greenpoint's new mocktail bar. It's a mocktail bar. Really? And the girl, the person who started it, used to be a cu- club promoter, and so of course they have a. Uh, it's called Coconuts. It's pineapple and coconut milk. Thirteen dollars. Boom. And a ginger spice, which is ginger, grapefruit juice, tonic, and club soda. Also $13. I want to open one of these places. It's going to be great. And the guy you know in the interview said, the booze-free scene is refreshing. It's nice to be around sober people who've got their wits about them. Yeah, it's proof positive that you could sell anything to anyone. Oh, my God. Yeah, Getaway is the name of this stupid-ass place. Hey, I like the idea of it, but... I don't know, the whole thing of, like, you're basically charging the same that you would charge for a liquor drink. Yeah. Or some fruit juice is just a little weird. Yeah, it seems like the people who, like, are like, well, you know, I love being at yoga, but I want to be at yoga even when I'm going out at night. (laughs) I don't really want to do yoga, but I like the yoga scene. I like that. I like the idea (laughs) of yoga. So I want to go in the morning and I just want to wear my yoga pants and bring my mat and just hang out. Like I I don't want to do yoga. And drink expensive drinks that make me feel like I was at yoga. (laughs) Healthy. Healthy drinks. Yeah. So it's kind of like doing yoga in a glass. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of... So I guess this is a thing that may or may not catch on. Uh, If you're there and it sounds pretty good for you, you know... I got to say, I think this is like a good idea, especially if you're an A or something like that. So there's a little place around here, which I go by all the time. And for the longest time, I'd be like, 
that looks like a cool little coffee shop. So it was like Serenity Coffee. And I was like, but it's like a club. I'm like, why can I not get coffee there? I got to be a club member. So I didn't look into it. Scientology related. Yeah. No. So I looked it up online. And what happens is it's um, part of like a whole AA thing. So they have Serenity Club and then the Serenity Coffee Bar. And it's a place if you're an AA to go and have coffee and hang out with other people, like rather than go to a bar. And I'm like, it's a good idea. And they say it's working because, you know, a lot of people, they drink because they're, they want the social, social aspect of going out. So it's kind of nice. They have it. So I'm all for it and it looks pretty cool. But I guess if you were an AA, this would be a perfect thing for you. You still get the bar scene. You still get to go out, but you don't have the alcohol there, which is, it's a good thing, you know, for, for that situation, you know, but if you're just a hipster and you know, you want to sit on a high horse, then I I might want to just say, go fuck yourself. But you know, if it's for another reason, like you're an AA, you have an issue, but I I love it. I, uh, I, I, it's the yin and the yang with me. You either get the horns, you get the, I don't know, man. Yeah. You know, it's it's adorable that it exists and you know it is nice i get you said that is good for people who may not be able to control themselves and need something like this to have a social outlet so well i was talking to somebody um not too long ago and they were saying how their friend doesn't drink alcohol and they they're trying to go out and date now they don't have a problem with it they just don't want to drink alcohol so they don't they just don't drink so they were actually talking to them. They said, how uncomfortable is it when you go out and they're on a date and the woman orders like a martini or something like that. And you're sitting there just in a social setting and they're ordering water. And it's like, okay, can you dress something up to maybe be like a mocktail or something? But then there's always the uncomfortable conversation is like, why aren't you drinking? Are you, do you have a problem? Like, so you know, while they don't have a problem and it's just like a, a choice in life, it's still just socially uncomfortable. Be confident in yourself. If it's yeah. your decision, be confident in yourself. Right. But, but then it's kind of like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's strange, I guess, you know, yeah, like a little uncomfortable, but yeah, I can see that, but I still find it annoying. It's pretty annoying. <laughs> just go to Starbucks, throw up until midnight. Exactly. You know, where, where are we going on a date? Starbucks. Yeah. And coffee. Everyone does it. Uh, Mexico City just passed a law uh, banning cold beer in Mexico City. So they actually put forward a motion where they're trying to pass this bill. So they're trying to make it illegal to sell chilled beer that is over, I think it's 7% uh, ABV. Um, so they're, it would ban shop owners from storing beer above, you know, 7% or above in a fridge so that it's warm so that when people come in, the idea is they're taking it and they're going out of the bar because I guess they're saying they've had a lot of problems with like public drinking people getting so hammered that they're like, they're actually saying a significant portion. um, Well, they're saying 6.5% of premature deaths. They're, they're saying are due to consumption of alcohol. Uh, I think that's all made up. There's different reasons and stuff, but anyway, they're saying, um, yeah, they're they're saying they they want to um, put this into law, and they say that they're hoping it would 
you know, stop people from selling cold beers that are over 7% in their establishment. Seriously, so. is this Mexico's biggest problem, really, the selling of beer? You know, if you really want to stop it, then just stop it. Say you can't have, do, do like, you know, Utah and say you can't have beer over certain, al- certain alcohol percent, period, you know? But they're, they're saying, oh, well, we're going to say you can't have it cold. Dude, if you want to have a beer and it's warm, you're still going to have that beer. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You're, not gonna, you're not going to stop people from yeah. doing that. So the people in Mexico City think it's stupid, and it pretty much is. Yeah, and again, it's just lawmakers just trying to, ex, you know, put more control over the people, and the people should just be like, "No, we're not doing that." No, nah, it's stupid. We won't do it. Go screw yourselves. How how are you can enforce that? Oh well, it's cold because it's sat next to the fridge, or it was cold and we took it out of the fridge. Yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. You have cops go in and measure the temperature of a beer. <laughs> so stupid. Ridiculous. But yeah, so getting back. Now, this is this is finally a good booze story. Good booze, yes. Yes. Olympic gold medalist Johnny Mosley opens sports bar in Corta Madera, which I yeah. look up because I did not know where that was. Is it, it Mexico? Uh, it is far from Mexico. Oh, I guess is it California? Connected. Yeah, it's in California. Nice. It's just north of the Sausalito area. So if you were in San Francisco and took the Golden Gate Bridge to the peninsula, which is like where Muir Woods and all that other nice stuff, San Quentin Prison, that whole area. San Quentin. That's where Corta Madera is on the bay on the, uh, the eastern part of the peninsula there. Nice. North of Tiburon. So our boy Johnny has hooked up with a restaurateur, Karen Goldberg, and partnered to create Mosley's Spirits and Sports, a new neighborhood lounge, bar, and eatery at the Tamal Vista Shopping Plaza in Corta Madera. Nice. Yeah. Oh, so this Karen Goldberg owns Tamal Pie Pizzeria. Right, and this is uh, in the same shopping center. So wow, she must a, own the whole shopping center. She's pretty cool. She's taking it over. Damn. She's an experienced restaurateur, and Mosley's saying he's going to make it his base camp for bringing the community together for trivia nights and speaker series and post softball game parties and good oh, times cool. all around. That's like a softball parties. That's like an old fashioned cheers. Like a lot of places. Some places still sponsor softball teams and bowling teams and stuff. That's kind of cool to do that. It is pretty cool, right? Yeah. So they got a nice 30-foot black steel bar, eight craft beers on draft, six more in cans and bottles. Got a, uh, a wine menu, which is under 20 varieties. But, you know, they're not far from Napa and Sonoma, so they probably have some cool wines they can get in there. Uh, they just opened this week. So it's, you know, it's a big deal. and. I know on Instagram, Johnny was posting a lot of pictures and he looks like he's really excited about this. So, oh, it sounds great. You know what? It Somehow also sounds our like... opening day invite it was it lost, lost in the mail. mail. You know, they it don't have a spam. real address. Like it got, got lost in the mail. Yeah. So it says they have pool tables, shuffleboard, darts, classic video games, which I love. And bar fun, like liar's dice. I guess to get like bar games and stuff. That's pretty cool. Yeah. It sounds pretty awesome. I like places where you can just hang out, chill out. 
Yeah, I wonder how often Johnny's going to be there during the ski season. Mm. Should oh. never be there in the ski season or once in a while. And when you see him there, you should like get a free drink if he's smacking like, why aren't you skiing? You know? Yeah. Well, I think if you're wearing your uh, Tipsy Elves Johnny Mosley onesie, I think you should get a free drink. Oh, oh, oh. I think I have a Johnny Mosley base thing that works right. too. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You can wear that in. Walk right in. Get a free drink. Johnny Mosley original. I want to do that shit and yeah. figure that out. I got to figure that route out. Let's get into the Genjula. I think, I think you're in the Genjula already. I, uh, I may have, I may have stuck my head in there already. Yes. Partook already. Allegedly, perhaps. Maybe. All right. So we got a bean from Frank this week. Our buddy, Frank, thanks for remembering us again. He sent us a bunch of stuff, which is good. Um, so Brian, why don't you hit us off with, uh, Frank's bean of the week? Yes. So Frank sent us in Dank Nugs, 350 milligram chocolate nugs. Ooh, chocolate chunks. Yes. These exquisite white chocolate candies will satisfy in more ways than one. Each piece looks like a dense, fluffy nug. One bite will melt down to crunchy Rice Krispies goodness, bringing relief to both your cravings and your symptoms. So... Each nug is 350 milligrams, or that's the whole No, jar? it's the whole jar. <laughs> I was going to say, holy crap. Yeah, I think each jar Ooh. has perhaps 10 in there, it says. Wow, those are chunky nugs. Yeah. Dang nugs. <laughs> oh, they look like weed when you take they them out. They look like too. weed, exactly, yeah. But wow. Chocolate. That's pretty wild. It's pretty funny, yeah. Huh? So these seem like, yeah, exactly what you need. If you want a little bit of that, you got a little sweet tooth, you got a little pain, the dank nugs will take you where you need to go. Well, they have original, they have Graham Comets, and they have Granddaddy Perp. Yes. Graham Comets. They look pretty awesome. Yes. So thank you, Frank. And we look forward to getting our hands on those and having a a little nibble, if you will. That's right. A little nugget. A little nug nibble. All right, next up, we have a story from greentrepreneur.com. Hemp could be the solution to our pollution crisis, our plastic pollution crisis. So plastic, obviously, as everybody knows, is a significant source of pollution. It's the ocean. It gets all crazy. It, It kills wildlife. And it's just out there floating in these big, gigantic, massive things of just junk garbage just floating there. Uh, So they're saying hemp may be a solution. So they're saying hemp plastic, plastic made from hemp, is biodegradable. So while they're saying the -the run-of-the-mill plastic bag will take several centuries to decay, it only takes hemp plastic three to six months to degrade. So naturally it means that hemp plastic may not always be the perfect fit for every plastic application, like bottles maybe where you got to have like liquid in them for a long time. But when it comes to single-use products like plastic straws, uh, you know, plastic utensils, plastic plates, things like that, it may be an ideal replacement. So uh, it's a great idea. And uh, I guess this company, you know, there was a, a company that started this and they're actually trying to make, make, you know, raise awareness to that this is a uh, possible solution for that. So yeah, it's like nice this. too because they're saying that, you know, 
with regular plastics, it comes from fossil fuels. Mm. While, you know, with hemp, it really is just a plant. So you're not getting any of that, that fossil fuel refining and, you know, whether it's fracking or digging for it, uh, you eliminate that whole process. Wow, they're saying just in makeup, like when you compare hemp to wood, hemp has, so average wood has about 40% cellulose, where hemp has about 65 to 75% cellulose. So it doesn't require as much water to cultivate. Yeah, cotton requires 50% more water to cultivate and four times as much water to process. Hmm. Yeah, so I was talking to somebody about our buddy. I was talking to our buddy Steve about something, and he said um, there's actually certain things that. So you could have a, let's say you have a fragrance, or you have um, menthol, right? Menthol gets used in a lot of different products, right? What exactly is menthol? It's from a plant. It's like a, I guess, minty, minty plant kind of thing. So it's an extract from the plant. Now, if you grow the plant, it takes so much water, so much land, so much fertilizer, everything like that is taxing on the environment to grow it, just to harvest it, to make menthol. Well, if you make a synthetic menthol, it's fake. People say, oh, well, it's fake menthol. But that, that menthol is, uh, while it's synthetic, it is probably like 10 times better for the environment because you're not, you know fertilizing and using water and growing something just to harvest it for the the menthol and the camphor and whatever else they use it for. So it's pretty interesting when you think about like on a global scale, like massive quantities of, of product that we use and we consume as a, as humans, um, certain things might be better suited to s- synthesize them, um, you know, just make them rather than grow them. Pretty yeah. wild, right? Yeah, and one thing I don't think it mentions it in this article, but they're talking about you know the hemp plastic. They've said that actually hempcrete, you know, so instead of concrete, oh, concrete, yeah, they say it actually provides it's stronger and lighter and cheaper to produce. Mm. So yeah, it could be, you know, and again too with genetic modification of the hemp, and you know once it's since it is kind of sort of legal or it's in the process of becoming legalized with the farm bill, it's going to be cool to see how they're going to find different ways to, again, modify it, change it, alter it to, to maximize its, you know, usage for, yeah. for things like this. Cause you know, everything's going to be mod. Everything is pretty much genetically modified, you know, like it right. or not. To some degree. We, yeah. We have seedless watermelons, motherfucker. <laughs> That's modified. <laughs> How do you get another watermelon without any seeds? That's yeah. fucking crazy math right there. You just got some neutered watermelons is what you have. And you know what? Go back to eating your watermelons with seeds and tell me you don't want things that are genetically modified. Now, I'm not saying everything should be. I'm saying there's certain spots where you got to go science, tip of the cap to you. And the seedless watermelon is number one on that list. Well, seedless watermelon, every seedless watermelon I get, there's still some seeds in it. Yeah, but it's like four compared to like 50 per bite. I know it's a misnomer, but Big I'm difference. like, I like the less seeds, but you know. But remember, good. like, I feel like back in the day, it was always all those seeds. You're like, you know what? Fuck watermelon. I'll get something else. Yeah. And now with the seedless watermelons, you're like, I'm going like one a week. I'm ripping, <laughs> ripping through watermelons. <laughs> so good. You get watermelon at Costco like five at a time, right? God. Oh, it's like a, 
like a backpack. <laughs> you know, you gotta carry them on your head like an Ethiopian woman. You know, I love in Costco, like the new carts. <laughs> like I went in for the first time in like months, and I'm like, what the fuck is this cart? It is like it is all square. And it is definitely a lot bigger than the old cart. And I'm like, holy shit, they maximize the size of this cart. Well, you know how like like a regular supermarket, they have the shopping cart and there's like a little kid. It's like one kid fits you know, facing you in the the handle part. Yeah. The Costco and you fit like four kids across it. They're like, (laughs) yeah, cool. Bring your whole family, bring your nephews, just throw them in there. We'll fill fit. I love the one like in the supermarkets. It looks like a car and the kids are sitting in there and like you get like little it's like a little space for groceries. Like, <laughs> how about this? Don't bring your kids to the grocery store. No, Just you know, it's better. The ones at Home Depot and Lowe's, they're like race cars. Yeah. Like, I throw Benjamin, I have a video of him, like with that steering wheel. He's just like ripping away on that thing. <laughs> Freaking loved it. Home Depot is scary. I'm always like, it's great to bring your kids to Home Depot to let them see stuff. But, but there's parents that are like looking at stuff and their kids like playing on like the shit that can kill them. <laughs> And I'm like, you really got to watch your kid. Like you're like pulling down a piece of drywall. It's going to land on you or they're like looking at a stack of like, you know, fucking lumber and they're just like pushing it. And the father's like on the phone, like trying to look at measurements. It's like, dude, you're going to both get killed right now. Grab the saw from like the, uh, cutting off the molding. Yeah. Cause they'll do it. They don't care. Like, fuck it. I'm, I'm going to play with it. It's in the store. Just climb up stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you got to watch a kid because I tell you, that could be freaking... That's where you got to have the harness. Like, you harness him up, man. A shot collar, you know? Shot like once they get, like, further than, like, 10 feet from you, a little buzz, and they come ah, back. Just a little just a little zap, a little, how you doing? I'm not saying you should use it. I'm just saying it's a possibility. You know, it's in the... It's, in, it's on the idea page. Not saying that you're going to do anything like that. Just, you know. I believe there's nowhere in the Geneva Convention that says you can't do that. Oh, that's true. Let's yeah, just we'll, say that. Yeah, let's we do it to that. dogs. What they do to dogs first, we do to humans next. Let's be honest. Right. Dogs are chipped. The dogs have electric fence. More dogs next. to monkeys to humans, right? That's that's the protocol. That's the way that water goes downstream. <laughs> that's awesome. All right, enough of this nonsense. Let's go to ski news. Fine. Now, I don't know if this, again, we've been talking about irony a lot today with these non-alcoholic bars that they have. Are snowblades really just super ironic or do people actually want to use these things? Like I'm, magical, magical. I'm trying beast. to figure this out because the good folks over at Moment Skis who make some pretty dope-ass skis, they have just announced the Frankenblades. Boom. And what's the most disturbing thing to me now, I don't know if this is, I don't know why it's disturbing me, but it really is. But they have on their website that you could actually make monthly payments with 0% APR on your Frankenblades, $18 a month. I love it. 19, 99 centimeters, baby. Low cost entry. 100 millimeters at the waist. I like the picture of the guy, like, with them on the website, the guy with beer in his hand. He's got a beer in his hand. He's got like a like a uh, tropical shirt on, ripped open, showing bare, like hairy chest, and he's rocking with a beer and a silly little hat on his skis on his uh, snowblades. 
rocking it. Wade-tastic. Speaking of Hawaiian shirts, now I've, I, I've developed an affinity for Hawaiian shirts. Ooh. I have at least five now. It's like in the summertime, that's like all I'll wear. Uh, you, you have more than enough to qualify that as a collection. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I've got a nice, a nice little collection of Hawaiian shirts. My favorite you're, one. You're is, a Hawaiian shoe curator. You're, yeah. you're a collector. And it's funny because I'm not a, I'm not a fat guy. Like usually it's like a fat guy shirt. Oh um, yeah. But I found one at Job Lot, which is I don't know if you, if people don't know what these things are. It's just, just a collection of just cheap shit, really. And I don't know if it's like it's overstock things or like. I, I think it's usually overstocked a little bit. It's usually overstocked, but it's a lot of like crap too. Yeah. And I found this Hawaiian shirt last summer there and I was in like full bad <laughs> mode. I'm like, oh, 10 bucks for a Hawaiian shirt. What a deal. But it's got like, mar- like margaritas on it and it's nice. Pink. It's, it's fantastic. I love it. And the best thing is the brand. It's not like there's Tommy Bahama, which is like the fancy brand. This is Caribbean Joe. This is his nice. ghetto ass cousin. <laughs> Caribbean Joe. Caribbean Joe. Where's so, a WAP genius? So speaking of Hawaiian shirts, I was actually searching for any sort of like ski themed Hawaiian shirts. You know, because everything, because all the Hawaiian shirts are it's usually like flowers and pineapples and palm trees and whatever. I mean, I have like skis and martinis all over there. That's what I'm saying. Like a pint glass, like IPAs, an umbrella, and like, and like skis and maybe some cool. goggles. Like, and I don't know, like, I'm sure we're, we're, we're almost at the point where we can make our own clothes. They could 3d print them. You just send some sort of like, they give you a design. You can put whatever you want on it. send it to China, you get it back in a week. I want to make my own Hawaiian shirt. If anyone has any way, I have the design chops. I can design it. I just need to know the proper avenues to travel down. Gotta be a ski Hawaiian shirt. I'm looking right now. Dude, you're going to get all these t-shirts you get t-shirts and you'll get tipsy elves, which has just regular Hawaiian shirts. I looked yesterday at work when I didn't want to work. I was looking up ski Hawaiian shirts. It's a lot of them are like ski Mauna Kea. So it's like a Hawaiian t-shirt about skiing. So that could be our next high flute ski bomb shirt. Just saying. I would love to. Just saying. If That's anyone not- has a fabric guy who can like, we can just Got create a, a design. Like imagine just getting rolls and rolls of this particular fabric. Got to get a guy. It's all super extra large. I think I know a sewing. I could probably get, I probably know someone can sew them. I just need a fabric guy. It's just all super extra larges. It's going to be a wine shirt. Smallest, small size is large. Yeah. It'd be so cool. Like a little like vulnerable snowman on there. Like I can just see a Hawaiian shirt collection. That'd be awesome. So yes, yeah, so I don't know what's going on with snowblades. Are we? Is it just ironic? Is it becoming a real thing? I I don't know. Oh, it's becoming a real thing, man. It is. Oh, I found I found something close. Tipsy elves, of course. Tipsy elves. Yeah, it's all tipsy elves. They have a Hawaiian shirt. Damn, it's fantastic. Anyway, Damn. all right. Yeah, so Frankenblades, Frank two hundred bucks. Like Jay Skis had theirs. Yeah, uh, ski blades they were calling them. So. so these you actually click your regular boots in them, right? Click, click, boom. They don't come with bindings though. I don't think. So it's real bindings and real ski boots in like mini skis, right? Why don't you just get a pair of kid skis and chuck them on? Yeah, seriously, right? Well, these are fatties though. They're hundred underfoot. 
get some black crows for like kids and just chuck those on there. Get your old skis and just cut off the uh, the top and the the front and the back. Go to like the uh, the learning, you know, the uh, the kids that are learning, just like steal their skis and be like, all right, we're rocking it all day. Yeah, I wonder if you could somehow take your old skis, like chop the tip and the tail off, and then somehow heat them up and mold them to get a, a shovel in the front. Hmm. That would be a nightmare, but I don't know. Get little Timmy skis that he's just done with. Like, when would you? When would you look? at the snow and go, you know what today is today. I'm breaking out my, my snow blades. That's the, it's the right conditions for it. So here's the thing, unless you live by the mountain, right? Like unless you have a lot of days to burn, where you are going to be on the mountain? Mm-hmm. You could do a day of snow blades. You could do mono ski. You could do the, the ski bicycle. Like there's a lot of, but you got to really commit to it. Cause that's like a whole day of like, you know, you're burning a day. Yeah. I'm not going on vacation. For three days and, and burning a snowblade day. Yeah, it's like I'll do. Not generally, looking, we're looking at getting uh, eighteen inches of snow tonight. Do you have your powder blades? I got, powder <laughs> blades. I got them all. I got them all uh, ready. Actually, these do come with pivot eighteen bindings. Damn, nice. I think the bindings are worth more than the snowblades. Dude, this is going to be a thing. You know, it's going to be a thing. Yeah, they're going to be. Somebody's going to be like, "Yeah, I went on my Frankenblades all day." And I had some mocktails after at Opre. <laughs> I mean, I had a mock mocktail Opre ski. Uh, you know, Dude, what are you going to call? What about hemp skis? Hemp skis. Hemp Ooh. skis could become a thing. We call them skeezy. Hemp. <laughs> I don't know. Hemp ski doobie. Considering they were used for fenders for the first Model T, maybe they, they have enough strength in the hemp. There's oh, definitely, like, how has some Colorado company not done this yet? Like, oh, we've infused hemp into the ski, man. Hemp Seems skis. like it's a no-brainer. Hey, I saw a guy riding a uh, bamboo bike. That was pretty cool. Oh. Entirely Damn bamboo. Bike. And the guy was, he was freaking motoring up hills. I was like, God damn. He's not riding this thing like, it was, yeah, it was back in New Jersey. I think Bam he did bike. the Fondo in that thing. It was crazy. Bam bike. Hemp skis. Gotta be hemp skis out there. All right. The next two are kind of tied together. So, yeah. So, we're talking about passes, right? It's past time. Everybody's like getting pressure to get the pass, get it now. Price is going to go up. So, what do we got now? We got Mountain Collective, right? That's on, that's for sale. That's been out for sale too, right? And it's yeah. at 449. So, two days at the collective destination for a total of 34 days. So they don't do like Epic where they do like free at certain resorts and then certain days at other resorts. They just do two days at all their resorts, right? Right. Well, it looks like they got a lot. I mean, especially if you want to do Revelstoke, Niseko all in one year, that's pretty good. Jackson Hole. Yeah, so there's a lot of a lot of good places there. So Vine Nevada. Uh yeah, so that there's you know, it's a give and take. So it's another one to look at. I mean, these are well, there's Mountain Collective, Epic, and what's the other one? There's another one. Icon. Um, Icon. And so, there's the Peak Pass. And the Peak Pass. So that's the next one. Yeah. The Peak Pass is really East Coast, right? Yeah, pretty much. So what does this get? This gets Vermont, 
a little bit of New York, Pennsylvania, and Ohio, and up by Cleveland. So yeah, it's um, the big ones are Liberty, Mount Snow, and Hunter nice. for the Peak Pass. Well, Jack Frost is on there. Jack Frost. Jack Frost. Mount Snow, yeah. Hunter. 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 So you get free Hunter all year? I think it's included, yeah. Wow, that's pretty good. Atatash in uh, New Hampshire. Crotched Mountain. Wildcat. So you have some some pretty decent... And they have you know, Mad uh, New Hampshire. <laughs> Mad River Mountain, yes, which is different. <laughs> different. Not in Vermont. It's in Ohio. It's kind of funny, right? Yeah, it's pretty funny. Well, yeah, so the epic and you know, you already missed the early bird special because that expired on the 24th. So now the epic pass is 939. Damn, what's the, um, the full one? Wow. And the icon, $1,049. Bam. Ouch. That's the uh, no blackout date one. Man, eat it. Eat it and say thank you and ask for another one. Mm. Yeah, that's pretty rough. Rough. I mean, that's where you got to do your math. See where you're going. Yeah, but of course, you know, there's some pretty epic resorts that are covered on the Icon Pass. So, yeah, you know, you uh, we really should do a review of the passes. Maybe we can do that in early May while it's still still semi-discounted. So the problem, so this is creating a new problem now, right? So it used to be where you wait till the end of summer, you start planning where you want to go, and then you start booking stuff right after the summer's over, like September, whatever. Now with these passes, because they go on so early, um, you actually have to decide at the end of this season where you want to go for the next season to get the best price. Which yeah, with with and the biggest know? thing that sucks about that is too, like you know, a lot of times you want to go where the snow is the best. So with this, you're kind of tied into a certain area. Yeah. I mean, they have a good spread of stuff, so you can go a few certain areas if you want to chase the snow. But um, yeah, you really got to think about like, because think about it now, like we used to go with our ski club mainly, right? Ski club isn't coming out with their trips until end of summer. So now you're actually having a forecast where you think the trips are going to go or join multiple ski clubs, try to go different places, you know, places where you have those passes. Yeah. Well, the big thing is, you know, it's still, where is your local mountain? And you get the pass that gets the best value for you for your local mountain. And then you plan your trip around whatever else is included. Right. Or you just be a baller and do whatever the fuck you want like we do. Pack my that's kind of blades. our, that's how we live our lives. I pack my Frankenblades. I go where the fuck I want. <laughs> I just... keep through my Frankenblades and I get on that plane and I'm like, let's go. Nobody fucks with me. I it, those are carry on, man. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not checking those. Fuck that. I got my Franken blades all the time. Franken blade all day. You better step aside, ladies. I got my Franken blades on me. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. All right. What do you got next, Brian? All right. Next up, French skier breaks world record for fastest. Yeah. Fastest switch skiing. Switch. 80- 86 miles an hour. Did you watch this video? That's crazy, dude. It is yeah, crazy. I saw part of it. 
it's freaking nuts. It's from the good folks at Line. I love how he's wearing like almost. I like the suit he's wearing. He looks almost naked. Yeah, it's like one of those like sexy like uh, <sighs> like rubber spandex outfits, and they show him just ripping down the hill, just switch like so pretty much backwards, backwards, backwards yeah. on twin tips, <sighs> just flying. I love how they call it switch. It's called backwards. It's pretty much backwards, yeah. Because <laughs> that would get more, more people to say, what? What is this? What is this switch of which you speak? But yeah. Dude, that's a full-on rubber suit. Like, I wonder if he, like, waxed it or, like, oiled it before he went. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, Quinton Ladam is the name of the skier. I had a couple guys that tried doing it, but it is the gayest looking man going backwards I've ever seen. Well, what's awesome too is they had the guy with the snowblades doing the record, going for the record, seventy six oh. miles an hour on snowblades. On snowblades, holy shit! <laughs> Damn. Oh, the folks at Line, that's freaking awesome. I love that. <laughs> there he goes on snowblades. Boom. Seventy six miles an hour on snowblades. <laughs> Magical. Imagine dying, and that's how you died. Ah, oh, what I'm happened? To break a snowblade world record, dude! I caught a blade. Yeah. <laughs> I went down at seventy edge. miles an hour. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny shit. All right, next up, we got another video. So, Candy Devoe is back at it again. So, it proves once again you don't need snow to ski. And he is out. Um, I don't know where this video was shot. Do they say where? It looks like it's like Arizona or. I thought it was in the Middle East somewhere. Is it Middle East? Maybe like not. Definitely like somewhere it's arid. It's and... on rocks. Like, is, it, is it sand or is it rock? Oh, it's rock. And he is zipping down on these rocks just like skiing. He's like, I don't care. I'm, I'm getting sponsored, man. Somebody's. So it's kind of like. Oh, Rock and it looks like a little bit of packed Sicily. sand. Sicily, Italy. Oh, Sicily. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, so he's got a ski boots and everything, and they show like them hiking up there and him getting ready and prepping for it. It's pretty you gotta, like push him off. It's pretty fun to see some, some speed. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Once he once he starts going, though, he's gone. Yeah. I wonder what sort of wax they treated those skis with. The kind that's going to rip off in two minutes. Oh, my God. Those poor skis. It's <laughs> uh, awesome. I wonder if, yeah, again, like it doesn't really talk about it in this because this is just still another trailer for the, the full movie, which I think is coming out in the fall. So here's the thing. If you made skis out of like plastic, that might be better than having metal on there. Or hemp, um, man. Hemp. Hemp skis. Hemp, hemp skis. Hemp wax on your hemp skis biodegradable hemp skis just disposable skis for skiing on these rocks that's pretty cool though like this is so ridiculous it's freaking awesome and he's like doing a line like he's on like snow it's crazy yeah like that same line could be heli skiing in freaking alaska like he just he will actually just ski on any sort of terrain he really doesn't give a shit he will and he has right he's like grass he's done he's done rocks uh, he's, he's great i love the videos because they make them fun oh yeah well those like these are like rock spines he's skiing down yeah 
This seems like super treacherous. <laughs> it's pretty cool though. It's like you look at them, you're like, wow, I wish there was snow on them. And then you're like, all right, well, there's no snow, but can we just ski on them anyway? Heck, this could be a thing. If if global warming is real and it is a thing and it's gonna keep happening, like what are we gonna do to be able to ski on not snow, but replicate snow? That would be awesome. The only terrifying part would be to fall on that. Yeah, that would ruin the day. And like, oh, dude, oh, dude, just like just plowing down this sand and things ripping through the uh, the grass again. Yeah, I'm right. Yeah, pretty badass. Cool. So yeah, we'll the links to all these videos in the show notes. Yeah, Kenny Devoe. If you don't know who he is, which most of you do, um. If you don't, you, you haven't seen his stuff, you got to look him up. He's, he's got, Thuvo is T-H-O-E-U-V-X. Is that it? Yeah. It's pretty ridiculous. It's awesome. Yeah. He does videos every year and they're just, you know, keeps pushing the envelope, but in weird directions, not like, you know, launching off of a, you know, being heli dropped into weird places. He just, right. He's He'll rip through terrain. a town. Like he's ripped through towns. Like that one's awesome. Yeah. The, uh, the point of view ones that he yeah. does. And you know, what's amazing is there's a cameraman following him. That's doing the same stuff. Just about. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah the one of those days. Like, yeah. That was the last one. Pretty cool they, they have different numbers. Yeah. Those are, those are, and they put cool music. It's like very entertaining. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. So I found this, this past week, which is pretty cool. Uh, it's from aim adventure university and it's a backcountry protocol course and they've partnered with ski magazine to create this avalanche course and it's a seven-part avalanche safety course aimed at skiers snowboarders snowshoers snow machiners and anyone else who travels in avalanche terrain will give you some of the tools you need to more safely enjoy untracked lines ski partner with big mountain skier and alaska hella ski pro dean cummings to teach this one-of-a-kind class that you can take at your own pace. So it's a video online course. Very nice. And it talks about, you know, they have on here the syllabus. It's seven sections, and they have section one, the human factor, section two, rescue gear, section three, understanding snow, section four, terrain and topography, section five, real-time forecasting, section six, route selection, and section seven, strike three methodology. That was so awesome. cool because, you know, we've talked about it a lot. And, you know, with, with all the avalanche deaths that have been happening, and, and there was that terrible one with the climbers last week up in, in Banff. Um, and it just keeps happening every year to experienced people, unexperienced people. Just the more knowledge you have and Again, if you're not someone who lives in the mountains and who's able to take one of these, you know, take two, three days to take these avalanche courses while you're in the mountains and you just want to get out there and do your thing, something like this is at least going to give you more information and more knowledge to make better decisions when you are out there. Right. It's going to give you the base knowledge. Like, so they actually do say in there, like, you won't get a certificate for an AVI course, because to get the full course, you do field work where you're actually digging snow and, right. and examining stuff. So you don't get that, that hands-on touch. So that's the benefit of doing the actual course, but you do get all the, uh, the knowledge, which is really, it, it's gotta be probably 60, 70% of like helpfulness when, you know, deciding when to go out, I would imagine. 
Yeah, it's at least get you, you know, the theoretical knowledge. It's like, you know, when you're younger and you want to know how to make love to whatever you make love to, a man, woman, fill in the blank, and you read a book about it or read an article about it, you're like, okay, this is good. I have some information. It's not going to make you, you know, Don Juan or anything. It's not going to, you know, give you the real life experience but at least gives you some knowledge about things you can prepare for and do exactly in theory i don't know where that came from but it did and now it's there good analogy it made our little demon baby like in game of thrones and it's out there it's out there it works the red woman had the demon baby ah that's great yeah so this is pretty cool so we'll have a link in there for the show notes too and they do a few other courses which is neat they have a uh, ultimate excuse me, ski fitness workout course and a wilderness first aid basics course. So get your, get your knowledge on, do some learning. Or you could look at our blog and we'll give you fitness and workout advice as well. They have a how to ski bumps course too. Oh, look at that. Mastering steeps. They got a lot of fun courses on here. Yeah. So again, it's not going to be the same as if you were you know, out there and doing it with an instructor and, and doing the physical exercises that you're going to need to. But again, it'll give you a, a solid base. So if you do go decide to do one of these courses, you will have a, a solid place to start from. Yeah, it's very cool. Definitely worth uh, 105 bucks if you're going to go backcountry to just get a sense of what you're doing. What's 105 bucks anyway? Seriously. Nothing. It's nothing. All right. So next up, we got a big story. I know, Brian, I'm going to hand this off to you. I'll talk, I'll intro it. But uh, so we talked about the Hanukkah and that was, uh, we talked about that a few weeks ago where. Yeah. Real sports had the, the piece on it. Right. So real sports did a, a piece where the, the U S uh, I guess it was the only U S guy to like win the Hanukkah and it's like a punishing downhill um, in the Tyrolean Alps. Um, and the New Yorker did this piece, uh, this week and, uh, it's called letter from Austria, the wild carnival at the heart of skiing's most dangerous race. And they do a great, it's a very long article. They do a very great in depth on what it's about, the course, how it was created, uh, the people involved and just all the shit that goes on, like while it's going on, it's pretty amazing. It's pretty, it's, it's a whole all encompassing. Like if, if you think about Red Bull and their events, it's kind of like that where they have like a party and the event, you know? Yeah. They did a pretty in, incredible job going through and, you know, it's from the New Yorker. So it's obviously very verbose, but it's pretty, it's pretty fascinating to read about the history of it. Learning about the town, um, just trying to put yourself in what it's like. And, you know, this article does a really good job. The real sports one was, was fun. It was very specific though. You know, they were talking to Bryce Bennett and they had, um, Darren and Roms on there who was the actual only American to win it in the last like 50 years. But this one, like this really gets the experience of an outsider coming in and experiencing the whole time there, which was really cool. And some of the, uh, the highlights that I took out of this. Well, before we get into that, so just to give a background to anybody that doesn't know what the Hanukkah is, 
it's a it's always on the World Cup calendar, and it's like one of the most important races on the men's World Cup calendar. Um, and it's just a dangerous dangerous terrain. It's crazy, and you get some mad like props if you if you can win it. It's, oh yeah, you become like a god pretty yeah. much if you win this race. It's kind of like the Super Bowl of skiing, they call it. Yeah. And only the uh, the men ski it. The women don't do it anymore. They're like, nah. Too nah, gnarly. It's Way pretty stupid. Gnarly. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty stupid. You guys go do it. Yeah, so um, they were talking about one of the uh, the coaches there for the U.S. team. And his name is John McBride. And they're just talking about, you know, like he was the one who would also coach Bodie Miller and also Darren Rolfs, the only American to win the Hanencom in the last 50 years. And it's talking about just, you know, he taught, he was the instructor or a coach for the Canadian team. And now he's coaching for the U.S. the last two times. And it talks about some of the things he does to train them. And in the spring, he brings his racers to his ranch near Aspen where they camp out in his yard and they just develop, they do team bonding ex- exercises like karate, gymnastics, ice hockey, backpacking. Um, one day he took them for a hike and before they knew it, they were shimmying up the knife edge of nearby Capitol Peak among the most difficult climbs of Colorado's 14,000 foot mountains. Nice. Yeah. Once they made it back home, back to their phones, they read about all the hikers who had died there. Last summer, he put them through a Navy SEAL training course where they learned to solve math problems while submerged in ice-cold water. (laughs) He wanted the racers to get accustomed to discomfort and to learn to think and act as a team. He said it's important that we enjoy the process and each other's company, he told the interviewer. And we don't get to go home to our families during the season, except maybe over New Year's. It's like, this is it. This is your support network. But that was pretty cool. And they said, you know, the race is so gnarly um, that a lot of times, you know, after the, the guys ski it, they let their guard down in the next race at Garmish and they get really hurt there because it's so chill in comparison to, uh, to Kids Buell. That's crazy yeah and they said that the uh, the hot and calm every year is like wine each year has its own bite in 2016 one after another the top skiers undone by flat light crashed out two austrians were airlifted off the course the norwegian axel lundsvindal with bodie miller the best of the generation not to win the hot and calm tore up his knee Oof. um yeah He's talked to one of the people they interviewed there. He's like, we were just watching people eat shit. It was like every other guy was getting hellied out. (laughs) Jeez. Yeah. And um, the the person that they're they're interviewing, it was one of the skiers there. He said, I had a come to Jesus moment. He's like, I'm ready to die. And then right after that, they canceled the race. (laughs) It's like, I'm ready to go. Yeah, once the top 30 had run, the organizers deemed the course too dangerous for the rest of the field. And they said that the downhill has been canceled eight times since the Second World War. 
On numerous other occasions, the course has been shortened, almost always by moving the start lower. In those instances, victory comes with a hidden asterisk. Owing to climate change, natural snow winter is less dependable than it used to be, especially in this part of the Alps, as it is at a relatively low altitude. Hmm. So this, again, this is just a, a drop in the bucket of the article and it just talks about the whole experience and being there and, and what it's like. So love the link. In the oh, they talk about the parties, right? Oh, the, the parties uh, are pretty crazy. The vice versa party. The vice versa party, the VIPs, the celebrities, like Arnold Schwarzenegger goes every year. Like it's, it's a pretty big deal. That's cool. It's really cool. So I think we should do it next year. It's race. That'd be pretty awesome. I want to go to Kitspiel. Yeah, it's it's one of my it's on my list too. That's on my bucket list too. Yeah. Well, let's see if we make that happen next year. Put in the book. I like it. Ready for the Weiss first party. That's right. Speaking of Weiss first, that wraps up the old ski news. So Mario, let's roll into the main topic. What do we got today? So uh, we're talking about, you know, as the season begins to wrap up, I know some people are still getting some, some, some runs in. Um, I think me and you're probably getting to the point where we're wrapping things up for the season. Um, I'm putting an asterisk there. There's always an asterisk there. Exactly. There's always a wild card that could happen. Um, But just kind of like start looking at like what we did this last season. Um, Good things, good takeaways, bad takeaways, and uh, dreams and aspirations that are still on the on the list, either a bucket list or on the list for next year. Let's put it that way. So, kind of, it was the best of times. It was the worst of times, but it's always the best of times That's when right. you're skiing. I'll so tell you, you. I will tell you. One of my favorite decisions I made was this last time we went up there a couple weeks ago when you flew up into town. I uh, I allegedly called that sick to work on that Friday Love to it. go up and ski. And I will tell you, it was one of my favorite days of the year because the conditions were fantastic. And it was probably the last, the last day when you had the majority of the mountain open in good condition. It was good condition. I got to say that was my best spring skiing day ever. And it was empty. Yeah. But the conditions were fantastic and the place was empty. It was so much fun. And we had a great group of people. We had, a, you know, we had five or six people we were, we were skiing and boarding with and everyone was kind of on the same level. Uh, we had a lot of fun. Um, it was just, just a great day. That was a good day. Yeah. Um, I gotta say a good takeaway from this season was also going up for that weekend so that you can experience and see what that, end of year mogul challenge party is about that was a lot of fun right that was a lot of fun yeah yeah it's one of the things that you we always looked at and we're like ah maybe it's not important to be down there for it or whatever and you realize after going you're like yeah that was pretty fun that was a lot of fun yeah and yeah. uh yeah you know again it's it's almost too early to be celebrating the end of the ski season in early april especially a year like this year where there's so much snow everywhere but you know, for, for us where it involves a significant trip to get there, you know, like, I mean, I got a solid four hour drive. 
get up there. It's not something where I'm just gonna, you know, it's, it's, it takes a lot for me to go. I'm going to go up for those conditions in late April to, to journey that far for those conditions, you know? Yeah. And that's kind of why part of the reason why I think I have such a negative kind of connotation with for ski spring skiing because again it's it's so much effort and so much involved in getting there for what you get out of it yeah i think also like around this time of year even when i was up up north like i'd almost go i think the last two years that i was up there i almost went every weekend and i would stop going after the mogul challenge i'd maybe go up i don't even think i went up after the mogul challenge i was it like that was kind of it for the season for me um I guess if I was out in Colorado, like they're still, they still have a ton of snow out. I spoke to somebody from Vail not too long ago and they were like, yeah, last week. And they said, it, it, there's still a lot of snow. That's yeah. That's the thing. If you got an hour drive and you can, you know, get a couple hours of, of good turns and that's, that's great. You know, make that happen. Right. But to have to commit to again, driving four hours to probably get a hotel, to have to deal with all that, right. you know, take off for work or something it's it's a lot you it know? makes it makes it less attractive Let's just yeah. put it that way i mean for me like i usually look at um maybe december january february march is ski season and after that is if i can get to go out that's great but you know it's all gravy after that it's all bonus yeah and you know what i uh i, I say it i said it last two years and Again, it's, you know, we talk about no regrets, but one of the things I, I want to do, but not sure I can pull off is, is getting up to Tuckerman's and doing that, you know, because that you can do all through May. And I was at least into May, probably even into to June and even July. But, you know, again, it's, it's how much you have to sacrifice to get up there, the time, the lodging, doing all that, you know, it is, it is a lot of extra effort. Um, when there's so many other things going on right now. So one of the takeaways for me uh, from this season is definitely more of a realization that I have to plan stuff better, right? Well, so especially logistically not being where snow is four hours away, I have to jump on a flight or something to get everywhere. Like I got to plan things a little bit, a little bit tighter, you know? So whether it's with work or just logistics, just getting that, you know, blocking off that time to say, go and skiing no matter what, you know? So. Yeah. One thing, and yeah. And one thing kind of related to that too, is you never regret taking days off to go skiing. Yeah. You know, if you take a couple extra days and, you know, you find a way to, to get out somewhere and it's, it's always a good decision. It's always, maybe it's, the conditions aren't perfect, but you know, just when you look back, you're, you're always going to be happy you did it and you will always have the the memories of doing it versus, you know, taking a day off to go to the beach, which is, yeah, beach is great, but it's the same thing all the time. You lay there, you get sun, you get sunburned, you're on the water, whatever. Right. When skiing, you always have some, some, every time you have some sort of great experience, one great trail, one great turn, just one, one thing that will always stick in your mind all summer is, you know, I'm so glad I got the chance to do that. So never regret taking a day off to go skiing. And one of the good things too about skiing that I love and that I reconnected with this year is um, you get to run into people, which you always forget about, like 
how long has it been since you saw certain people or saw everybody together? And that was really kind of magical when it happened at the, at the mogul challenge, like had a whole bunch of people together again. It's like, wow, we had the whole, you know, ski house, you know, for the most part together again, it was, it was kind of cool to have that. And, uh, I got to say it's, it's, you got to enjoy those moments when they come because, you know, as you get older and people move away and people start doing other things, it doesn't happen as often as you, as you think. So it's nice to have that realization. Um, and you know, if we can impart some wisdom to people, I think that's the, those are the things you got to cherish now while you have them, you know, whether they're frustrating or uh, a little bit uncomfortable or whatever, you'll realize later, later on, like maybe next year when you don't have the same people in the house or you don't have the same group together that, uh, it is pretty cool. You know, like it's nice having your little group. I gotta say. Yeah. It's, it's definitely more special when you, when you can't do it every week. Like, you know, like you said, you know, with you moving into Florida, it's different than when we used to go up again, like every weekend or every other weekend. And you, you almost take it for granted in a way you're like, Oh, it's just people I hang out with people I ski with. You know, like where we go. And when you can't do it as often, you really do appreciate it more and, and, and realize how, how special it is. Yeah. I think it's happened. People get married. People have babies. People have dogs. Like it just changes, changes everything, right? I think all of the above has happened in the ski house that we, we belong to, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of cool to see. And then, you know, the concept of a ski house is nice. Uh, I know. And then you meet new friends, you know, I met some new friends this year, uh, through new ski club. So it's always good to keep pushing that boundary and, and getting into a position where you meet new people at ski because, um, you never know. I mean, uh, I actually have to get back to one of the guys, uh, uh, Mark brothers, who's a really good photographer. He said this, uh, an email that I missed, um, cause I'm so slack. Uh, but you know, these are, there are people that you meet on a ski trip that you have a uh, fun with and it's kind of cool to connect, you know? Oh yeah. So. All right. Anything else? How about for next year? Plans, big designs. Well, you know, I, I'd love that we actually got to, to get out to, um, to Vale and Beaver Creek last year. And it right. was, you know, getting that hookup from those folks was really sweet. And, you know, I think we need to take advantage of that more and, and reach out to more places. And, you know, I think we're, we'll put out some, some better content too, and more informative if we can hit up a lot of other spots. And, you know, we had that email last week that, you know, that I talked about and it mentioned all the other great spots that we could go to. And I feel like we, we probably hit the same places too often. I mean, yeah, yeah. obviously you get familiar, you have a home base, but I, I think we really need to kind of broaden our, our horizons a bit more and experience more places. Cause again, I think you really do figure out what you like when you do experience a bunch of different things. Yeah. And, you know, we tend to, to lean on to stuff that we've done before a, a little too much. So I want to expand more and, and go more places and try new places and experience new things. So that's yeah. what I'm hoping for, uh, going forward. Yeah, I agree. I mean, um, even like this year we did, you know, it was really great. Like uh, me going up to that Boston show and we got to hang out with Matt, um, from the globe and, um, we got to meet Cameron, uh, Cameron Niles. So it, it's been a lot of fun. Like, you know, so some of the roads where we, we did step out of our boundaries and like say, Hey, let's go do this 
uh, snow show was, was a lot of fun. I think, I, I think that's on our list for next year to, to go to, you know, go every year. Oh, and sure. Yeah. It was a blast. We're going to do it in a bigger fashion. You know? Definitely be smarter about, uh, where we're going to be going for dinner. Yeah. Yeah. We definitely blew that. But, you know, I mean, now we can connect with people earlier and, and kind of plan things a little bit uh, better. But uh, I think it's good. You know, things like that are good um, to be on the list. So uh, I'm excited. You know, uh, I'm glad we got to do it. So that's a plus. And I'm looking forward to doing it again. So, you know, it's kind of nice to, to get that experience and, and do that. So, um yeah, we got to reach out too to uh, some of the folks we met at those shows and get on their lists for the summer and the early fall for when they have their uh, their preseason events, like the Ski Utah folks, right? Um, and just be like, you just yeah, again, just go to those events and, and talk to more people, and you know, let people know we exist, so they may want to bring us out to certain places, and then we could again go out there and experience it and have better fodder for the podcast so we can give everyone some some valuable advice and information so they can have a great time as well yeah and i think next year we got to go back out and ski with tommy that would be pretty awesome jackson with tommy that'd be good we need to go to tordrillo i I would love to go to tordrillo yeah he always keeps posting these (sighs) videos and then they're just i know he's killing me because this is when they heat up at tordrillo right because like yeah it's like really good in Alaska now. So, yeah. So now let's just assume, let's say that you had a, a windfall and you know, you had a couple, say a couple hundred grand come your way. Just hey, it fell off a truck. Just a nice big bag of cash. There you go. Um, it happens tomorrow. Where are you going skiing Monday? What are you doing? It depends how much money. So if I had just a little bit of money, I'd probably be trying to buy a ski house somewhere, like move things smartly so I could ski more often. You know what I mean? Um, Bigger picture, long game. If it was like Brewster's Millions and I had to spend it in like six months and have nothing to show for it, I'd probably be in Tordrillo. I'd probably be, I don't know about South America. I've heard mixed things. Like, I think I want to see it, but... Um, even Kristen, who was at the ski house, she said she had extended time to get snow and the snow was like there one day and gone the next. So it was kind of strange. Yeah. It'd be um, cool to have like, just like a month just to be able to be down there or just bop around and ski everywhere. Like that'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Um, I think it'd be cool to hit mammoth up. Yeah. Uh, they've got a ton of snow and, and Tahoe, the whole, you know, the Sierra still have a ton of snow out there. So let's say you had let's say a million dollars that you had to spend. You could only spend it within the next 30 days and you can't have anything to show for it. Bruce's millions rule. Now maybe you spend it, maybe you don't, but what are you spending it on in the next month? Oof. But it's, unfortunately it's going to be April. No boozy. So I can't spend it on any sort of expensive liquor. <laughs> <laughs> I may have to put a, I may have to put an asterisk in the rules there though. There you go. Uh, yeah, yeah, I I would have to go up to Alaska. That would be, I think Alaska would be the Alaska call. or even some. Um, I mean, there's got to be some spots in BC that are still pretty good too. In yeah, Canada. I'm trying to think, how is it in uh, Whistler, Revelstoke, and Kicking Horse? Like, I don't think Whistler had the best year this year. No, I think they had they had some choice times, but I don't think it was hmm. on the whole that great. I could be wrong though. We have to get hey. Nick on to to confirm or deny that. Throws kicking in Tahoe at Reds. 
dude, we we have to do a freaking Tahoe trip. Tahoe again. Tahoe victory trip. I don't know. Yeah, right. I like that. Yeah. Do a little heavenly, do a little Carson City, hit Reds, barbecue. Um you see the uh do a little more sightseeing around there. Yeah. There's apparently some a ranch that has bunnies there. Ah. I heard is well, you know, this being around Easter time, it's 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 appropriate. Hop hop. Did you see um what's your name for Game of Thrones her post? No. Which, oh, you didn't? No, which one? Sophie Turner. Oh, what'd she post? Uh you just have to look it up after. All right. Yeah, well, you know, I'm not gonna say what happened at the end of the second episode of Game of Thrones, but she had a uh, a pretty pretty uh funny take on what her sister in the show had happened to her. Ah, uh, all right. Yeah. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, I saw the other one with um Amelia Clark with the she dressed up as uh John Snow. Snow in New York City. That was yeah. freaking hilarious because nobody knew who she was. That was pretty funny, yeah. I was like, that must have been so fun for her to do because, like, you don't have to sign autographs or anything. She's just walking around like some other crazy idiot in New York. <laughs> Talking know? to the other superheroes that were there. That's awesome. I love that. If any, if anybody hasn't been to New York, the best is when you walk in Times Square and there's, like, fucking Batman and Spider-Man and, like, everybody. And the Spider-Man and Batman always fight. Like, really fight. Like, they got to get arrested. Like, they break them apart. So I remember walking down the street one time and I, and I remember hearing stories about them fighting, whatever, like, cause if you live there long enough, you know, somebody that is a cop or knows a cop and they're like, Oh yeah, they had to arrest Batman cause Batman and Spider-Man were fighting. So I remember walking down the street one time and I saw Spider-Man walking down and he's like cursing. He's like looking for Batman. I'm like, this is not going to end well. It's like, <laughs> like they hate each other. It's crazy. It's one of the Batman and one of, because there's multiple Batman and Spider-Man, like, but they have like territory. Like you can't encroach on turf. It's weird. It's very strange. It's kind of like a uh, boiled down version of the Warriors. Just in Times Square. But that's the best. Batman and Spider-Man fighting. It's great. To the death. (laughs) Fucking like, dude, you're taking its way too. And then there's the Elmo, like the, there's a regular Elmo that's nice. That's like clean and everything. And he's like, Elmo. And then there's like the homeless Elmo that's like been rolling around the street. He's got like a cigarette stuck to him and like kids are running up. Elmo, like, no, no, don't touch that Elmo, man. You got hep C now, kid. Not good. Oh my God. We got to take him for shots. Yeah. It's freaking hilarious. But they're they're all out there, man. They got, it's freaking, it's like a playground. They're all out there. Oh, it's great. Yeah. So I think if I had that, that, that windfall, yeah, probably. Dude, if I had a million dollars, I would pay Batman and Spider-Man like UFC fight style. Let's, let's break it on some training, get him like a week of training and then have him go fight the next weekend. Oh, absolutely. No training. Just fight right in times square. Just, just section it off. Fight till somebody passes out. UFC just style. Keep, have it like a video game. They like keep adding weapons, <laughs> like a flail and maybe like a katana. No, it'd have to be like Brass ridiculous knuckles. weapons that don't really work. Like, like you a know, magic eight ball. <laughs> yeah, magic eight ball. What do we do with this? I don't know, man. That's your weapon. Like a broom, Zimbra. but like not the handle, like the broom part. <laughs> broom part. There you go. See, that, that that's what I'm talking. That'd be hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, I would I would ski a little, and then I would do stupid shit like that. Maybe I just don't know. pay people to do obscene weird things. 
Oh yeah, that could happen in New York. Yeah. That could happen anywhere. Do it at the beach here. <laughs> yeah, I think I'd have to go visit Tommy up in Tordrillo. Yeah, that'd be my good. Cash came our way, and yeah, like I said, I'd really like to just chill in Tahoe for a couple of weeks. That'd be really nice. Mm. Do like a little s- skiing and spying and a little gambling, a little blackjack. A little blackjack would be nice. Yeah, mm, I like that. Maybe a little weed. A lot of weed. You know, you invest in weed, it goes up in smoke anyway. That's you true. don't have anything to show for it at the get end the, of that time. Get the stickiest of ickies. Man, Brewster's Million, he could have just bought weed. If it was legal, they, could, they should do like a Brewster's Millions now. That's right. Spent it all on weed. Damn. <laughs> but Mama House spent the rest on PCP. PCP. Went out on 420, gave out weed to everybody. Yeah, that's the gift that keeps on giving. Damn. Like, boy, like we thought he was going to have trouble spending it. Any trouble at all. Well, because of inflation, a million bucks then is very different than a million bucks now. True. Now it's like 700 grand. Damn. Yep. Would you have to have two million, you think? For what? To do Bruce's million again? Oh, probably at least, yeah. 10 million? I think 10 million would be. 10 is a solid number. 10 million would be tough to spend with nothing to show in like 30 days. What if you had a Bitcoin brain wallet and you could say you spent it all? Oh, really? You have, you have your past, your, uh, your private keys in your mind and you can just be like, oh, now I have 10 million in Bitcoin. Well, I think that the rule was he gets to spend it and he doesn't get the extra money. He didn't get the extra money if he didn't spend it. But I guess he kept the regular money. So I don't know. Go walk away with 10, Double 10 win. Oh, yeah. Don't spend any of it. Just do whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this is kind of a weird main topic, but yeah, I guess I don't know. I have no conclusion to this. Do you have something? Words no, of I think, wisdom? I think it was um I think we had a a lot of good information we got good and bad and like Do you have a regret next year? Do you have like a ski regret this year? Ski Besides regret. not skiing enough, because you never can ski enough. Yeah, ski regret. Um, not really. No, I think I'll, I'm comfortable doing. Do I have a learning thing? And I think it's what you went to and we talked about before is um, getting out and skiing maybe some of the smaller mountains a little bit more. You know, not always going to the big mountain that we go to, maybe go to some other places. Yeah. Um, so that's maybe a for next year kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, how about you? Any regrets? I, I'm I'm regretting that I didn't get to Mad River this year. Oh, that's River. the one. Every year I say I'm going to do it. Last year I said I was going to do it, but I got to Magic. So that was kind of one of the big M's I wanted to get to. So that did was, Magic. Did yeah. Magic. So at least I did that. You got to make a list. I haven't made a list of places I want to ski. That's part uh-huh. of my problem. If I did, I'd look at it and be like, oh, I got to go do a trip and do those. Yeah. And I was, you know, I was very happy, like I said, to get out and get out to Colorado and to bring Andrea, which was awesome because she never skied out there. So that was. Oh, she was never in Colorado? Never been to Colorado, no. Wow. Yeah. So now she's like, now I have to go to Telluride. I'm like, Telluride yeah. is one of the best places on earth. Yeah. Love that little place. Yep. You mean, <laughs> great big guy dancing. Big guy. Twiddle, man. Twiddle. So that, yeah, what we're, I guess we're kind of saying is, you know, you just have to get out there. You know, you have to make the effort. You got to, 
you know, again, you don't want to live with regrets, especially when it comes to skiing, because, you know, once you get older and your body starts falling apart and you don't have any more, uh, what's that goo in your knee? Meniscus oh. or cartilage or whatever the hell is in there. Yeah, that thing. Yeah. I mean, we can't we like 3D print that stuff yet and just inject it in? Probably. It's you got to be rich, though. You're really rich. You, you don't have a problem with that. But you know what? It used to be you had to be really rich to have a driver. And now we I all know. have Uber. We all have personal drivers in our pocket. So. I'm going to call my driver. He's going to pick me up soon. Now you're going to have your, um, your meniscus guy who can come over and just give you I, a shot. Good to go. Knees like a freaking infant. Pop one out and then there you are. Good to go. I got to say all those ski trips that though that I've taken, um, when I go on a ski trip, I don't have regrets. I have, I actually smile when I think about the trips because we do a lot of cool shit on them. Like, yeah. dude, we got to see Twiddle. Like, that's funny as shit. It was like, just it was so a, random too, yeah. Yeah, and it was a funny-ass, like, way it happened. Um, Mogul Challenge this year was funny. The, the you know, stuff, surprising shit happens, you know? It's cool. Yeah. No, you know, that's the thing. It's, it's always great to have a plan, but it's always good to to leave a little bit of serendipity to a trip, you know? Yeah. Like, let things Let things happen as the universe intends it to. But yeah, being being smarter about our our planning will will definitely help us out next year. Um, but yeah, it's just you know it, it just sucks looking. It sucks, but it's also fun looking back because yeah. you can look back at all the positive things you did, and you know you can always bog yourself down in negativity and be like, I wish I would have done this, and we should have gone there. But you know, it's it doesn't fix anything. It doesn't. Well, some people are all about that like- machine. They'll do the best fucking trips in the world and then be like, man, I didn't get to do this or I didn't get to do that. It's like, why don't you appreciate what you did get to do? Yeah, it wasn't as good as this. It wasn't as fun as that. It's like, dude, just enjoy. Enjoy, enjoy, man. You never know what's going to, you know, come your way in the future that may prevent you from being able to do what you just luckily were able to do. So, Super volcano. Super volcano. It's there waiting. There. Yep. So enjoy the now. And and you know what? Look back at your own season this year and, and, and appreciate what you did and where you went and the experiences you had. Because you know what? Nobody can take those away from you. Those are always yours. And yeah, I'm sure you, there's things you want to do. But you know what? Just let them, let that all just fade away and just focus on the good. Focus on the positive. Focus on what you loved and had fun doing, and and use that to help motivate you and inspire you for for next season and what you can do and what you're gonna want to where you're going to want to go. And I think we talked about it a few episodes ago, but you know, taking those mental pictures are better than stopping for a selfie or a freaking photo every time. You know, it's great to have those photos, but you don't want to miss the moments. You know, it's true. Yeah, the mental pictures are always way better. And the mountain's always way steeper in the mental right. picture. It is. And the jump is always much further. Dude, on photo, you might it might look like you got three inches, but you really know in your heart of hearts, you got three feet. Bigly. That works. Yes, indeed. <laughs> so if you have any tips or any uh, things you want to share with us, any advice or... Inspiring stories, hit us up, ski bump podcast at gmail.com. Under the ropes. First off, now, 
it's cool to have a baller ski house or even a baller regular house. I'd, I'd say baller ski house. That's very important. That's now, more baller. Right. One of the most important things about your ski house is your TV, you know, because that's where everyone comes and gathers together and you watch Warren Miller movies, you watch sports, you watch a movie. If you really want to impress your friends, you got to get in line and pick up this new Sony ZG9 98-inch 8K LED TV. Damn, 8K. 8K. Now, care to venture how much this television costs? I don't know, but 8K, is there anything that transmits in 8K? That's a lot of Ks. Like, I don't even know what kind of content you can get in 8K. I was going to say, is it unfathomable to even have anything to to play on it? My TV has no Ks. I still have a normal HD TV. No, HD, not HG. HG, HG? Home and Garden. We all have that. <laughs> yeah, so this HD TV. This new TV from Sony, seventy thousand dollars. Damn, seventy thousand. So, but this is eight K. That is four times four K. Eight K is. Yeah, it's not like double. There's like different math. Yeah, because like each K is like one more. One more K. One more K. So 5K is one more than 4K. Wow. Can you dig it? So it's 5K double 4K? Four times is eight. <laughs> <laughs> if 8K is four times, I don't know. We're getting the crazy math going. More. <laughs> we're getting the crazy math. Like, I don't know. Yeah. So they're, 8K saying TV. That, they're saying that the details are painfully crisp. Mm. Yeah. Now, say you're, you know, on a budget. I understand we're all balling on a budget these days. They also have an 85-inch model, which is only 12 grand. Oh wow, that's that's a that's a steal. It really does seem like a steal at that price. So you could pretty pretty much pick up like five 85-inch TVs for the price of the one 98-inch TV. Dude, that'd how, be kind of awesome. So how much is that 98-inch one? 70 grand is the 98. God, damn. But the 85 is only 12 grand. So you're either putting a down payment on house or getting a TV. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> down payment on the ski house or you're going to get a TV for the ski house, which you probably don't own yet. Exactly. Damn. Just throwing it out there. It's a po- it's an option. Anybody wants to send it to us? Uh, Skibapodcast.com. <laughs> yeah. You can always send it as a gift via Amazon. Just gift it. Just put it on our list. Gift. Put it on our list as like just a bunch of ridiculous stuff and see if anyone actually buys it for us. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Next up, Mario. This one's near and dear to your heart. Damn, that's crazy. And perhaps a little further south. <laughs> so being in Florida, I think it's only appropriate that I cover, and as a Jet fan too, cover the Robert Kraft debacle that's still going on. So I think we should all be number one grateful that Robert Kraft's legal team has blocked the video from seeing the light of day. Cause I don't know about you, Brian or any of our fans, but I don't really see a driving compulsion to see Robert Kraft 
in his state and his physique getting any sexual like things done to him put it that way um with that being said they wrote a good article so i I saw a few other articles uh but this was actually in the post and they made a a bunch of good points And, and the title of it is why bob craft's ordeal should alarm us all so while you think oh you're not going to one of these places and asking for what he asked for um the whole way they handle this thing just gets you fucking pissed off. And they, they highlight like all the stuff that the media did to, to bring more attention and kind of skew it so that everything looked, you know, where the, the DA and the state attorney were, you know, trying to stop sex trafficking and this like, you know, and things like that. So they actually started out, um, using the term sex trafficking when they found out it was Robert Kraft and they figured they can get a big media bump. So they put a spotlight on it. And then, of course, everybody came out of the woodwork and they were protesting sex trafficking and Robert Kraft and NFL. And, you know, the bigger, the bigger you are, the more people are going to come out and see an opportunity. And I think that's what it is, like opportunists. So, um and they highlight in here, like, of course, the police admitted months later that no human trafficking had occurred. But, of course, it already, you know... The hit. damage is already done. Damage is already always done. always come out guns blazing, and it's, it's so hard to undo that initial belief or that initial allegation, you know, right. because, because for some reason, the media is always just out to shame people for every possible little wrongdoing that that occurs yeah you know? so they get front page on the paper of sex trafficking with robert Kraft on the, on the front and then you know there's a little byline or a little article saying oh there's no sex trafficking that was found like a few weeks later where nobody's going to read it right and already exactly the, on like page 50 at the right. bottom the track and the, and the image is already put in everybody's head so that was the first thing. So police admitted that there was no human trafficking occur- that occurred, yet they came out right away and they said there's the sex trafficking and all this other stuff. Um, so then they, they started with the videos and, and they're like, well, why are you going to release the video? You know, uh, so they're, they're trying to block it and they don't know if they're going to be able to block it forever, but they're trying to block it now. Uh, and I think we we should all be grateful for that, actually. <laughs> uh, but you know, it's kind of they came out with a, a whole bunch of of people. You know, there was an opportunity to take um, shots at him. Um, actor uh, D.L. Hughley made a joke um, about the case of TMZ. Um, you know, they making the the comment about uh, Crash supposedly among. Uh, Colin Kaepernick's attractors in, you know, uh, the anthem anthem controversy. So everybody's using it for their own gain. And it kind of, once you start thinking about it, you can read through this article, you get kind of pissed off at the end of it because the bottom line is he's fighting it because he's really rich and he's got a team of attorneys, right? If this happens or anything remotely happens, and I'm not even talking if it happens in the same case, it could be um, mistaken identity. It could be, you know, anything, you know, that happens to somebody that doesn't have the means 
uh, they're going to just drag you through the, the, you know, drag you through the mud, ruin your life, ruin your reputation. And there's nothing you're going to be able to do about it. And some, something has to get to a point where we stop it because the media is just out of control right now. And they need to be put in their place. They actually need to tell the truth about stuff rather than make shit up, which they seem to continue to do. So yeah, this like guilty until proven innocent is just, it's ridiculous. Like it's, it's not good for anybody. It just, it sells these nonsense, you know, uh, headlines right. that are just kind of, you know, extreme and, you know, the, this clickbait really is what it is. And that's what, yeah. that's what these former, you know, uh, sources of knowledge and news have just become, they've just become a shell of their former selves at this point. Well, and, it's not news and, and social media is guilty too, because it's not news for the sake of being news and telling the truth. It's news for the sake of selling media, for the sake of selling an ad. So the more people they get, whether it's true or not, as long as they get people to look at their site or watch their newscast or subscribe to their magazine, like they're going to get the benefit of it. So they don't, they realize they don't have to be right. They don't have to tell you the truth. They just have to get you to look at it. And it's it's shameful because they're using everybody as the product for them to spin all these bullshit lies and make money off of it because everybody's, you know, surprised at all these headlines. And, you know, I, I think something has to happen. And it's either if we have to stop supporting these these sites or these people or I don't know. The prosecutor is just as guilty because, you know, the prosecutor is running for election or the mayor's running for election. And there's political behind, you know, there's political reason behind that. Why they right away branded as sex trafficking. And, you know, they're in the paper right away, like day one, rather than go through the legal steps and then, you know, have a press conference. They go right away to the to the press. Yeah, they're, you know, they're building their brand instead of actually going out there and trying to seek the truth. Right. Uphold the law. Don't don't build your reelection or your you know it's it's it's, it's sickening. Yeah, yeah. So and that's the scary part, and that's why they like. And he makes a good point. Like, like we should all be, um, we should all be we should all be alarmed because it's not just sex trafficking. It could be, you know, altercation that happens, and you know, it, it could be anything that happens to anyone, and uh, they just spin it however they want. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, the media, they're they're eating themselves at this point. There's yeah. the point where they're becoming so irrelevant and they're uh, they're just, again, yeah, becoming a platform for advertising and not a source for news. And it's sad, it's a shame, but you know what? There's always something there to pick up the, to replace that with actual news. So social media, certain social media is like, I know I've, I have a pretty interesting curated a few different curated lists on Twitter and I feel like I have way more real information and, and, you know, news than I would from any other source. So, and it's, and it can be tailored to, you know, different topics that are, uh, that are interesting. And you know what, you can have both sides of the, of the debate too. You know, if, yeah. if you're looking politically, you can have left and right. You, you know, you're not just getting like one side's just vomiting of their agenda the whole time like you do on other particular platforms. Right. Well, even when you curate like stuff, 
So like you can curate what your feed has in like, let's say Instagram, for example, we were talking about this recently where now they're actually injecting even more ads within your feed. Mm-hmm. So like you might have your feed and you're going up and you see one ad out of maybe every 20 articles. Now you're seeing like one out of every five. It's crazy. Like yeah. you're just getting bombarded more with ads. It's crazy. Yep. Well, speaking of someone who could have used a little more advertising, our final <laughs> story, a vegan cafe that charged 18% quote man tax is set to close. Wow. So this is a cafe that caused controversy by charging male customers a quote man tax to bridge the gender pay divide is closing down. Hmm. That's a, that's a shock. I know. Handsome Her, a vegan cafe in Melbourne, Melbourne, Australia, sparked global debate in 2017 when it announced it would offer women priority seating and charge men an 18% premium to reflect the gender pay gap. Wow. After two years of trading, the cafe announced it would be closing its doors for good on April 28th. Co-owner Alexander O'Brien has not detailed the reason behind the move, but Handsome Her has endured a widespread backlash for its perceived reverse sexism. Yeah, you know, this article goes on and on, and it's adorable what you're trying to do, but the gender pay gap has actually been proved false by actual economists and people who have studied the the numbers that were found and google actually came out recently because they had that whole big controversy with james damore last year and you know he had that article that he wrote to his supervisor saying that you know why are we why are we forcing women to be in these positions when they really don't want to be in there and became this whole big uproar thing and it was all it got messy but a lot of it they they google announced that they're actually paying their female employees more now than the a similar role male because this has kind of gotten blown out of proportion this whole gender pay gap a lot of it stems from you know women want to take maternity leave they want to leave the workforce to raise their their families and that's what they should be doing but this and men take more risky jobs more risky lines of work are willing to spend more time at the office and doing doing um, work because again, the the woman is usually the one who's the the one who takes care of the family traditionally, and that's where a lot of that 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 gender pay gap information comes from is women leaving the workforce and it's like oh well she only makes X amount over her career it's like well that's because she was gone for ten years of of her you know what would be her prime working years when she was doing something far more important raising a family, um, and I think I, there. I, I think their idea of trying to bridge the gap by changing their pricing for men and women is offensive even to women because all you're doing is says, Oh, so you're a woman, you need the help. Like how do, how do you know who's coming into your place? Well, you, and you know what? It's bottom line is fuck you. Cause what's next? It's massively different than black people and Hispanic people and Asian people. Everybody be taxed different, you know, be, be charged different in your restaurant. Go fuck yourself. I'm glad they're massively hypocritical because you want equality, but yet you're already so now you're charging someone else more because of right. what they are. 
It's because you're saying there's no chance of equality. Yeah. I mean, it's see, it's ridiculous. You're shooting your you're shooting your argument right in the head is what you're doing with yeah. this. And it just pisses me off. It's just they're they're horrible people for doing it because you know what's next. So you're gonna charge people differently on sex. Then what are you gonna do? Is there a cross gender person? So you're gonna charge them differently for cross gender. You're gonna charge it's only, and, only nine percent if you're if you're a transgender. Right, and then and then next step is gonna be oh well gay and straight we're gonna charge differently. Uh, maybe white and black we're gonna charge differently. Asian different. Like wh- where does it stop? You know because it, it leads into a precedence for saying slippery slope. Yeah. We're going to charge people differently on whatever the fuck we want to charge them. So screw it. You're horrible people for even coming up with that idea. It's stupid. And I'm glad you're out of business. Yeah. It's, it's pretty much a, a stupid idea. And I guarantee you your food was nowhere near good enough where men are like, you know what? 18% extra. No big deal. Let's go do it. Yeah. We go, no, I'll go to the freaking meat restaurant. I'll go to the steakhouse next door, which charges yeah. the same price and is way better than your vegan here's the thing if you want to do that and you're the only restaurant in town you might have a chance staying in business until the only other restaurant opens up in town but i guarantee you there's so many choices now that people will say you can take that and if you can't support yourself without having customers then you know then whatever you're going to go to that business it's such a like arrogant like virtue signaling move to do something like this and yeah this is the only possible way it could have ended. I, I wouldn't have eaten that place. I was like, fuck that place. Yeah, who would? What what male would? That's what what person would. Like, you're going to go on a date with a girl there and be like, well, you know, we get charged differently. It's just it, ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yeah. You might as well have a, you know, it's sexist. And then what are you going to have next? Racist. And then, you know, it, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Foolish. Yeah. Talk about not wanting to have a, a, a divide and not wanting to have, you know, differences and, and you're just highlighting the difference in your restaurant. Yeah. Bunch of freaking dummies, idiots. What happens when people get an education that doesn't teach them the right things? It's true. Fake news is one thing. Fucking, Fake fucking history. A lot of other fakes that are out there. Fucking yeah. dummies. I don't know why we ever gave you what the fuck is money. <laughs> Well, luckily you've got us here because we're keeping it real for everybody. Keeping it real is right. Keeping it real. So thank you so much for listening. We do appreciate it. Check us out. Skibumpodcast.com. Check us out. The shop on there. Skibumpodcast.com slash shop. We're on the socials. We charge Twitter. the same amount for everyone. No matter what gender, race, exactly. breed you are. That's right. Same price. Equal. We love you all equally. Equal pricing of love. Exactly. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We're all at Skibump Podcast. We're on SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, Pinterest. Just look up our website and search for us there and you'll have all the links to all of where we are, which is everywhere. So thank you so much for listening and we'll talk to you next week. Stay high, stay balloon. See you.